Hi, and welcome to this episode of Rule of Carnage. This is a podcast, a video series, uh, a place where myself, Glenn Ford, a game designer and developer, has chats and conversations and such like with this guy, Mike Hutchinson, Hello. also a game designer uh, and developer, about design better miniatures games. Um, so we've both recently um, pretty much signed off on or close to signing off on the manuscripts for um, some rule books that are going off to various publishers. Yep. Um, we have repeatedly poked the bear of how to structure a rule book and then run away giggling in previous conversations. Uh, we have clearly both very recently each structured a rule book and therefore have opinions about how they should be structured. So it's probably time to have a conversation about how to structure a rule book. Sigh. Probably. Um, okay, look, I mean, rule books are really just bloody hard. Um, however you've gotten the rules, whatever you've gotten your game to be and how well where your game is working, when you take that and you sort of put it into a series of words ordered on a series of pages, you are never going to put them in the right order for every single person who looks at that rule book. They're simply physically impossible. Yeah. That's not anybody's fault. Different people learn in different ways, different rates. No matter how clear, no matter how many times you write out a given rule in different wordings, somebody's still going to look at it and go, I don't understand it that I've misinterpreted it, etc. etc. Yeah. <sighs> Structuring a rule book, laying out a rule book, putting it together is about getting that down to an absolute like bare minimum, um, making it as learnable as possible for as many people as possible, mm -hmm. um, getting the bar to entry as low as you can and the mistakes as, as minimal as possible. Um, so that said, and I think yeah. sort of opening by holding our hands up and saying, you know, if there are experts at this, we're not experts at this. <laughs> I'm going to voice some opinions about ways of laying out rule books. I'm going to talk about how I laid out my rule book. I'm sure that Mike will talk about how he's laid out his most recent rule book and maybe give some opinions on why we laid them out those ways. Um, yeah. I thought I'd start with, okay, so I guess the one of the big ideas and one of the things we have talked about in relation to this in, in, in the past is that like what one of the big sort of... Um, oppositions here is the difference or the perceived difference between laying a rule book out for learning versus laying a rule book out for referencing during play yeah 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 during play the idea being that the learning approach sort of first you know takes you by the hand and sort of makes sure that you never hear anything like before it's explained to you you know it'll always be sort of saying uh, you know, oh, uh, uh, a sword is a thing that gives you plus one strength before it says to you, hit somebody with a sword or whatever. Yeah, um, and that and the also um, potentially the learning thing is giving you a quick overview of many parts of the game so that you have an overall structure before giving you detailed parts of the game that you have to know where in the structure to, to store. Yep, absolutely. And also the learning system is one that will try to give you the same rule or, or a version of the same rule in multiple places. It will tell you mm. everything at least a few times to help it bed in. Now, 
that's great if you sit down with the rule book and you read it from cover to cover once and you learn it by the time you finish reading it from cover to cover and you kind of never need to pick that rule book up ever again which has never happened with any rule book ever in their history not, not with games that are complicated sufficiently complicated like the sort that we end up making with miniatures so it's certainly not when you know you're looking at miniatures rule but book. even like i mean we picked up the rule book of rhino hero the other day because we mm. couldn't remember one of the rules yeah no absolutely <laughs> it's only yeah, got six I, rules in it no absolutely i think you, you're saying you know all miniatures games it's like i don't think there's any rule book i've ever read once and never come back to but anyway um, so, so we can we can we can point to some canonical examples of how to do learning things because um, the two big players in the industry, FFG and and Games Workshop, both take a lot of consideration over these moments and have for decades. So, you know, when you bought when you bought Necromunda or Gorkamorka back in the day, it would have a little pamphlet that would say, put an orc next to another orc, move the orc forward. Now you've learned how to move, now punch him. Now you've learned how to punch. And it wouldn't give you any of the other rules and perhaps wouldn't even explain what the turn structure was. It would just sort of give you the overview. And of course, Fantasy Flight has taken your distinction between learning to play and rules referencing incredibly literally by creating two rule books, one called Learn to Play and one called Rules Reference. Absolutely, absolutely, and then the... and, it, and it doesn't work for me. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I know. I'm I'm well aware. Um, and then yeah, and then the other end of it is meant to be this idea of uh, a rule book that's easier to reference, where it goes. These are the rules for setting up. These are all of the rules for setting up. I've not particularly put them in a order in the way that you're going to encounter them. I might put them in alphabetical order. I might put them in like turn structure order or something like that. Mm. And then these are the rules for like moving and these are rules for shooting and these are the rules for ending a game. Bang, there you go. That's all of the rules. And I don't care if each of those sections were 50 pages each, because then now you, it's horrible to read. But when at the table you go, well, where are the movement rules? Well, they're in the movement section. And where 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 is this particular movement rule? Well, it's after the thing we just did because these rules are all in the order that things are happening. So we'll find it very, very easily. And it's cross-referenced very accurately from multiple places, like indexes and contents. And, there's only, and the rule is only repeated once, so you're not going to have any conflict or, or anything like that. Um, and these are sorts of rule books that, you know, it feels like no one ever learns them. You just sort of accrete knowledge from them over, like, hours and hours and hours of playing and, and... Right. In, in many respects they're like a dictionary like you might read them for pleasure but you aren't learning everything in it yes absolutely yeah absolutely and it and sometimes with some of these systems you you don't remember how you ever learned or when you ever learned or who taught you you just and so, yeah and, and 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 if they're sufficiently complicated some of the rules you know are just folklore yes Yes, yes. Some some of the rules are are, are merely legend. Um, now, I mean, my take on that whole thing is, as with many things, is a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Yeah, there's some strength in blending the two. Yeah, I I sort of um, so I mean, I'll, I'll talk about. I've obviously I've just um, not just signed off, but I've signed off on the rule book for Puke Apocalypse. Um, and I'll try and talk about the way that I structured Puke Apocalypse because it's a rule book. Hopefully it's reasonably, acceptably um, structured. And I, um, I've got the list of it here. So 
Um, generally, I think, you know, open with a little intro of this is my game, you know, uh, a, a, a page of like introductory fluff to get people introduced and a little bit of this is what's going to happen to you. Um, then I always think it's nice to have the section that I think of as the physical gathering. Mm. We lay out what you will physically need during this game. Um, and I try to do a sort of, he, here are the absolute minimums you're going to need. This is what you're going to need between two people. This is what each person is going to need one of each. And here's a little list of if you want to play absolutely every single scenario, campaign, etc., etc., etc. This is what you might need depending on on what's going oh, on. Oh, really? See, I never, I never provide that because I sort of leave that as enjoyable work for the player. Like, I know that it would be helpful to provide it, but it also takes away that moment where you're like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out all the tokens I'm going to need, which some people like. <laughs> I, I, figure if, I figure whilst I'm in that sort of thing of writing out a list of what you might need, and it's not so much the tokens per se, it's like um, the, the, the minis and models and such. Like, like, if there's a campaign thing somewhere down the line that has some weird-ass model as, like, mm. in the third um, campaign mission... I think it's quite nice to say, look, if you're really committed, you're going to need like one weird mutant giant and you're going to need like a bunch of weird kangaroo people. And, mm. you know, you, uh, you'll need like a bunch of, you know, a few like long walls. Um, and it's also just because I do know that there are people who literally, as soon as they open the book, are like, what exactly do I need? What exactly yeah. is everything I need? I need to know what everything I need is, please. Right. And so and so there we come to, you know, almost immediately a compromise where you're like, I, I can serve those people, but I may be losing other people who are like, oh, this is too didactic or this is too much setup. I want to just get to the meat. I mean, it's just, I guess, it's just a just an editorial call, really. I guess. Yeah, possibly. I don't I personally this is the thing. I never look at those what you're going to need sections in rule books because it's like I, I'm going to have it. I don't know. I don't care. I've got it. Whatever it happens to be, you're not going to catch me out. It'll be okay, and and then I sort of just pile on through there. Um, then I come in with like a, I, I think it's a good place then to sort of come in with a set of like designers notes to say, okay, look, this is what we're trying to do here, guys. Not the sort of um, elevator pitch. This is what you're going to be experiencing thing from the intro, but more of the sort of hi, okay, this is our attitude, you know, that, that we're going to approach this with. This is what I'm trying to do. These are the ways I'm trying to do it in. Um, maybe, like, you know, these are some of the things I'm not going to try and do. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, we can sort of move on from there. Um, then what I try to do from then on is basically run to a system of... Um, I, I, I think of rules as, like, being in layers, Mm. Um, and you've got like anchor rules and then things sort of layered up from there mm -hmm. and it's like the top layer rule like I don't know uh, factions or magic might be a top layer rule insofar as I can pull an entire faction out of most rules it's like you you, you could just take slime out of Gaslands and bin around yeah, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, and, exactly. that, and, and it would do nothing whatsoever to the entire rest of the game whereas you like know, the concept of a hazard token has to be really early on yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas a hazard token or the 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 spin facing on the dice are anchor rules. Because if I pull that out, a whole bunch of other stuff goes. Bleh, you know. Yeah. 
So I try and the, the ordering I try to structure all books for, for is like anchors and then the further away you further you get down the rule book, the further away you're getting from anchoring. So the first thing I'll I'll tend to do is basic and uh, general rules. Um, so this will be a section that will be things like how how I intend you to do moving, how I intend you to measure movement, how I intend you to do line of sight. Um, certainly if I'm going to ask you to do anything weird within the movement section or or the attacking section, wherever it happens to be, um, this is why I lay out how I do redo tests with like dice, for example, in this particular game. If it's like, okay, you always roll a D6 and it's always a four plus, this is where I tell you that. Try and sort of do those things. Um, then it's moving on to how you play a game. Um, and ideally, the how you play a game section is relatively shortened because it's going, okay, well, you know, I told you earlier how to move a miniature. Well, you get a chance to move a miniature, do what I told you to do when I told you to move a miniature, you know, and then other people get chances to move miniatures or you get to move a miniature again or whatever else it is. This is why I tell you the ordering and the structure that um, to tell you to put into play the rules I just explained. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're sort of providing those building blocks and then providing the the kind of rhythm track for how you should execute them and when. Yeah, that's 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 how I like to do it. And obviously that goes, I try to do that in a setting up section, a playing the game section and a concluding the game section. Mm. Um, then that's when I like to put in like an intro game sort of layout. Okay, now you know how to play the game. Here's my first this game thing, because you, you know the basics um and sorry when you say an introduction game do you mean like here's a scenario to get you started or here's me describing in a page a I, game uh, as a yeah. battle report uh, I, I i like to put in a really stripped down scenario to be right. like you know this is the app here's just a few models do this with the first model then do this with the second model so this is your gorka two orcs headbutt each other sort of situation yeah i think i think that's a good idea and then after that it's it's the the rest of the I don't know what you want to call it, but the 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 lighter levels where you go through your campaign campaigns, your factions, your scenarios, and whatever you need for like the 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 sprinkles on top of the game. And have you got any substantial opinions about the ordering of those sprinkles? Um, I personally think I think it depends on the game, actually. I think this is one of those mm. ones where it can it can swing back and forth because it's like, so for example, I mean the the, the order is going to signpost importance un unavoidably. Yeah, absolutely. So so for example, in Puke Apocalypse, um, the campaign system is like the first thing in in that that part of it because mm. the game really doesn't make sense if you don't play it to some degree as a campaign so before you explain multiple scenarios you give people the campaign thus suggesting that the framing for those scenarios is the campaign yeah yeah so it's can so in in puke apocalypse it's campaign what amount to the factions and then the scenarios and then a series of linking scenarios as a little mini campaign mm. and then the uh the quick reference and the index and everything so that's how that's how i laid out um puke apocalypse um 
the I guess the big one I think that's sort of a questionable one is that idea of doing the laying out the rules in the these are the basic sort of the generals of rules and then here's the play structure and as to whether or not you should take those rules you should drop them into the flow of play so that rather than my saying okay I'm going to explain to you how to move a miniature um and then later yeah I mean con conveniently to contrast that's basically how I have majorly differed on the layout specific command that I've been working on over the last week. So <clears throat> I agree that it begins with a sort of hello and how do you do plus here's the bits and bobs you'll need to gather. Then I have fallen into the habit and you'll see it in Ref Gas Suns Refueled and in A Billion Suns and um, in, uh, in Pacific Command as well now. Um, I do a, well basically my my dad, I think, is about the same age as Rick Priestley. And I'm pretty sure that at school, like around like Worcester and Nottingham, or I'm not even sure where Rick Priestley's from, but I'm, my dad was from Worcester. And he was taught at school, tell them, tell them what you tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And that's roughly the structure of rule books that I go for when I go for the rules overview in six paragraphs the sort of let's walk the course i'm not going to tell you the rules i'm just going to tell you what all the rules are and how they're sort of like where all the rules are going to be roughly and then i lay out the game and then i come back with a quick reference card and i always have a quick reference card i've never written a game without a quick reference sheet because i want to do it in that way like here's what the game's going to look like here's the gory detail and then here's a summary of how it's going to work um and so this has this has something approaching that, which is that I've laid out some sort of big beats of the game. So like, what's exciting about the game is, okay, it's going to have fog of war, it's going to have task forces of the, as these whole groups of ships, it's going to have, you know, airstrikes and the way that's resolved, it's going to have air logistics and the way that's resolved. So each of the big sort of, or each of the big attractions of the rules, it doesn't really mention anything to do with, you know, how the movement works or blah, 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 like that will come later. Then I do after that introductory and like Gaslands in 60 seconds section, then I do the core rules. I do like general and core rules where there's like six things that you have to say just because they're part of the operating system of like specific overrides general, like this is how to do a reroll, like just stuff that I wish you didn't have to put at the beginning of the book, but you, you need to put that stuff because mm. you know, you've encountered games where you where they haven't done that and the game mm. breaks. Um, so you've got the operating system level stuff, and then I will almost always go into the the stats. So what are the stats that you're going to encounter? Like, what is a unit? How does it structured? What are the stats? And then what are like the variable stats that they're going to have? They've got probably some fixed attributes, and then they've got some variable things like gear or hazard tokens or wounds or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, that, sorry, go ahead. I, yeah, just that Pupocalypse doesn't have any stats. So I was sort of right, didn't, didn't need it. Didn't need it. Um, and then I don't put some of the fun like basic functions. So the functionality of moving or line of sight, I don't tend to put in that early section. I'll cover that when you need it first, whether it's, you know, when I get to the movement phase or when I get to the shooting uh, attacks or something. And then with that sort of locked off, then I have a, a constant um, 
uh, existential crisis about whether or not to put force building next before the games, the rules of the game. And the answer that I always come to is no, don't do that. But role playing games always do this. They always put all of the character creation rules before you know how to play the game. Well, yeah. And it's weird, but like what actually happens is that you lay the rule book out that way around and then people go, well, you've told me that I get a plus one to stealth and I don't even know what stealth is yet. So what? Well, yeah. But and, that... and like there is an argument. It's like, oh, now I want to find out what stealth is. But well, also, I think it's because RPGs are about you are born and now you discover the world because that's what happens in, in your RPG and that's what happens in your life. And tabletop miniatures war games aren't about that they're about you know you're gonna build a machine to do a thing you know well i'm not i'm not just creating a force like a like a baby and then throwing onto the table and seeing what happens to it i want to know like which parts i'm gonna need um yeah maybe maybe I also, so... sorry I, I also think like force building in war games is a bit is often a bit more crunchy like can be yeah and more unforgiving, it may maybe because it's like a lot of RPGs are built built around. If you made some dumb choices at character creation, you can like you know pathfind your way out of it in interesting, fun ways. Yeah, um, can can be, but like the the classic counter example here um, is Joe McCulloch's structuring device, which is you know he is essentially writing tabletop role playing games. Um, and they use D20s. And he always starts with character creation. He always starts with like, here's how you create your wizard, blah, blah, blah. And your wizard is this mess of spells. And you don't know any of the meaning. Like, oh, this is exciting. I wonder how any of this is going to work. And that seems that seems to work for his games. He, he does it in Rangers. He does it in Frostgrave. He does it in Stargrave. Um, because it's sort of, it's that narrative first. It's that like, create some gangs and then we'll find out how to make them do cool stuff. But you already want to do cool stuff with them because they're your gang. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely worth consideration for one's game. Uh, for my games, they don't, they don't, they haven't ended up being the way that it goes out. And then you get to the core rules, the general everything rules, and I don't know how to structure this part at all. Um, right now, though, so Pacific Command um, has some complicated, knotty bits in it, but overall, it's quite simple. It's basically like on a turn we are going to exchange the taking of actions and there is a move action and a recon action and an airstrike action and i will explain how each of those things work and there's a couple of small ones that only take a paragraph but those ones take the majority of the thing and so i need to explain how to move things when in the movement action section and i need to explain how to like select a target in the recon section and i'm i'm never quite sure about this because um i have in other rule books gone through i think billion suns does this it goes through the turn structure hang on let me just double check it goes through the turn structure in all the different phases sort of pointing to the fact that you will take move actions and then it will come back after describing the whole turn and be like okay <clears throat> In fact, this is how pacific command does it as well because in the action phase it says here are some actions you can take i'll get to them in a minute finishes with the turn structure so that you've at least got the whole course walked um, and then goes into the different actions and i just think there's a couple of really uncertain things for me like one is do i explain movement and then do i explain how to take a movement activation or do i roll that in and to a degree it depends like 
is the only way that I can move by taking the move action? Or are there like three or four different possible triggers for taking a move? And therefore I want to block it out as a function I could refer to. I mean, my feeling on it is that, and, and this is, and I, I structure things because this is the way I, I learn and what I want from a rule book is that I want to know like how to do a move or a climb or a jump. And then like within the, the 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 structure of a, a turn i want to know how moving interacts with terrain or or other units or other miniatures and so the way i like it to be is like okay so you're sort of, you want a platonic sort of ideal of it and then when it gets messy and starts interacting in real like games because you're in the, the turn structure yeah basically that's that's how that's how i like it being there's like okay this is these are the rules of movement these are the things Mm. are and are not allowed to do in movement the thing you know etc etc this is like the 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 overall uh, overview version of moving and then when i get into the you know here's the turn structure this is what we do and then it is your turn to move we say okay you know how to like achieve the plot- the platonic ideal of movement. You will then encounter a tree or another dude or another unit, and you know you will therefore try and move from there to there. When something interrupts your idealized version of movement, this is what we do because now we're playing the game. We're in the sort of the real world of things, and and then I'll then then it's about the interactions of the the different moving parts that. That's how I like to to sort of present it, and that's that's how I yeah that makes sense. It do, it doesn't it doesn't it hasn't worked for me in the past. So the the reason is that you've created two places where the movement rules exist, and so in terms of rules for referencing, it's like well, is it in the first movement section or is it in the second movement section? And I created a problem for myself in A Billion Suns with this when um, I experimented with saying okay i'm going to explain the basic game to you first and then i'm going to introduce a set of advanced rules in a subsequent chapter and those advanced rules will be little pieces of seasoning and so i will clump all of the advanced rules together and i'll say okay by the way there's an advanced rule in the initiative you can do this by the way there's an advanced rule in shooting you can do this and also this can happen and so it became frustrating for players because they would go to the shooting section and they wouldn't find the whatever it is, the misfire rules or something. And you have to go to the advanced rules to, to hunt those out. Uh, and partly that can be solved. And I tried to solve it with a with a very thorough, quick reference card. But it created this place where the rules that relate to the same rough taxonomy are not all in the same place. Um, and I think it's it's just another expression of like trying to trying to explain the explain in in more general terms and get more specific over time um so i don't know like I, I kind of feel like there's an element to this which is i'm really looking forward to laying out a rule book myself one of these days because to a degree i want there to be both i want there to be both like here is the core general rules large font and here are the exceptions and additional complexities that I want to be nearby and to sort of nestle around. And it's like, look, you can ignore this for a minute if you don't want to learn 
this right now but like next time you come back to the movement section you're going to find the thing in a little box nearby so i don't know to what degree rules as referencing means i want to have all of the things about shooting and cover all in the same place even though i didn't want to learn them in the first place and how much of that is about layout rather than sequ sequencing because we're working in we're working in these documents that we're then going to hand over to layout and we have a purely sequential way of providing that information and thus reasoning about that information and i'm intrigued about the fact that there is in fact like another dimension that isn't currently accessible to me so i think this this then leads into like I, i'll do the same rough thing with my like and there's some more rules so like gaslands does all of that stuff and then says okay and here's building more advanced teams and here's building his extra weapons and here's the scenarios and here's the campaign system um and even when that like you know I'm wrestling with this in force building for Pacific Command, where I've got a, like a basic force building thing, and then I've got two extensions to that, where I want to provide you with a list of modifications that you can use to basically customize your game experience if you want to dial the years forwards or back, and then a, a set of gambits that are like these extra cool toys that you get to play with. And I wanted to just cram them all in force building because that's where they where they live, and it's parts of me that's like, well, these are separate things. I'd like to spread them out. Um, in relation to like, <clears throat> we'll we'll sort of have to sign off this conversation in a minute, I think. But um, the one thing I do want to ask is, in relation to um, like Gaslands and advanced rules and audience votes, because mm. um, that that's one thing where I I I think the structuring is probably correct because of the way the audience votes time with sponsors and et cetera, et cetera, and blah, blah, blah. And sponsors are definitely a faction things. They're definitely a later section. But insofar as how quickly I would like people to be using audience votes when playing the game. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I think that the ordering given the constraints is right. But I think that that is a... That is an in, the, the audience votes not being quite late in the rule book, but feeling quite essential to the smoothest play experience is just, I have come to realize a strong indicator of a problem in the rule system, not a problem in the layout. And, you know, if and when I go back to, to do another version of Gaslands, like, I will design that problem out because I think it's just a flaw in the game design. Um, but I think that, I think that there is definitely an interesting problem of, how much are you going to present things as if they are optional when you truly in your heart believe that the best game experience is 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 featuring those things yes yes and i want to have a a, a more general conversation about that subject actually um possibly at some time. well that sounds like a good reason to uh wind this up and um go and restructure our rule books for the first yes. time i th i i think i I think if I have a, like an honest opinion on the structuring of rule book is rule books is I, I I think you can definitely go wrong. Okay, you know there's there is definitely possible to screw it up, but you know you are always going to get somebody. You know as I said at the start, people learn in different ways, um, and they like information presented in different orders and in 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 different methods. So there um, are multiple ways to do it right. There are multiple ways to do this right. This is not a there is one best solution and if I keep slamming my head into the wall, I will eventually reach it. This is 
you know, there are nine in 20 ways of constructing tribal lays. You know, this is like your version is 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 OK. It's fine. And even if somebody in the future absolutely eviscerates you for it, it was fine. It was okay, you know. Um, yeah, presuming dozens, maybe thousands of other people successfully executed the rules code. Like, it yeah, was fine. most people will get through most rule books. As much as we've had, all had horror stories of rule books we really hate and really struggled with, you know, by and large. They're okay. They're all right. You'll be all right. You know, um, <laughs> try to do it in a way that is logical and makes sense, if only to you, because then it'll probably you're probably a fairly sort of sane individual. It'll probably make sense to a decent percentage of the rest of the population. Um, and you'll probably be okay in the long run. Just, you know, think about it. Think about where you put rules that relate to other rules um think about the ordering you're trying to offer them to people in and where they have to track back and do consider learning versus referencing um you know you can't do all of them just don't ignore the thing that you don't happen to be doing call it that yeah yep. okay yeah, i agree with that um if you are writing a a, a rule book or trying to structure a rule book of your at the moment uh drop down to share your... your chapter list with us yes do 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 please you know give us a link to your contents page i am i am curious and interested if there's a, a rule book that structured things in a way that just made it like floating down a lazy river to read the thing mm. uh tell us that rule book uh recommend it um if there's a rule book that made it like being dragged face first for a razor hedge, um, also tell us about that rule book. Oh, um, yeah. In fact, even even you mentioning that the um, the Warmaster rule book, that, that's a really good one because it has this beautifully illustrated turn summary for every phase. It will get to the movement phase and it has this beautifully illustrated thing. And you're like, oh, this is lovely. And then it explains the rules and you already know what they are because they just gave you a quick reference card. So that's like that's like multiple, multiple like inception levels of quick reference carding. Splendid. And while you're down there telling us about your favorite and least favorite uh, rule structurings, hit on the like and subscribes. Swing by the Discord channel. Tell us about it all over again. We like to hear. Um, but for now, from this episode of Rule of Carnage, I think it's going to be a thank you and goodbye. So uh, thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>